Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, I'm Carol Ann. This is Matt. Welcome back to another episode of Boozed and Confused. This time around, no booze. No booze. At all. So, still confused. A lot of pregnancy brain. A lot of questions. But we're making it through. I'm pretty much normal. I'm just kind of rolling with it. For this week's topic, we are diving into something that we don't normally do it's uh an unsolved mystery i guess you could say uh we did one that was similar to this but it was around the case of ellen greenberg so if you are interested in unsolved mysteries and uh, you haven't yet listened to that episode maybe go take a peek that was um episode 16 we did it back in mid-november Wow, it feels like ages ago. I know. I know. It's been a while. So go give that a listen if you haven't taken a listen yet. Um, But today we are doing a different unsolved mystery of sorts. Uh, This one is around a man named Ben McDaniel who went missing in Florida. It's funny that you say that we dove into it. Oh, God. All right. All right. The jokes are starting. So before we get into today's topic, you already know the housekeeping items. The first is we are on all of your favorite social media platforms, so Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to come hang out with us, maybe send us a message, enjoy some dank memes. Uh, If social media isn't really your thing, you can reach us uh, by sending us a good old-fashioned email at boostingconfusedpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear some creepy stories maybe some encounters that you've had or you grew up in like a creepy haunted house. Ooh. Ooh. And aside from that, we are not drinking anything. So the last housekeeping item that we have is if you enjoy the podcast and you tune in every week, or if this is your first time and you still kind of dig it, um, The best way that you could support us is by leaving us a review on your platform of choice uh, and subscribing, um, especially on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference. It helps other people find us. It helps the algorithm. Um, And you should go do this for all the other small guy podcasts that you listen to as well. It really does help. So I think with that being said, that's, that's it. Maybe we can just get right into it just go right into it um i am drinking water but it's in a (laughs) shaker bottle and if i move it too much it makes horrible noises so i think i'm not going to be drinking any water hydro homies unite we ran out of Lacroix. so Uh, tragic before we jump in uh, we're going to have a a small overview we're going to go back to august 20th 2010 in a place called ponce de leon florida 
employees in a dive shop at Vortex Spring became suspicious and alerted authorities after noticing a pickup truck uh, which remained unmoved in the parking lot for two days. This truck belonged to Ben McDaniel, a Tennessee native, who was living in his parents' beach house nearby. Ben had been regularly diving at the spring and was last seen by employees on the night of August 18th. His last dive was to enter a cave 58 feet below the surface. Ben has not been seen since, and while no body has ever been found, it's believed that he drowned. But not everyone is on board with that theory. So, what happened to Ben McDaniel? All right, so let's talk about Ben. Ben McDaniel was born April 15th, 1980, which makes him about 30 years old at the time of his disappearance. He's the oldest of three sons to Shelby and Patty McDaniel, and his family lived in Collierville, Tennessee. And um, for the purpose of this story, it's important to know that they were well off. Lots of money. Yeah, they were very well off, and you will understand why later that's important. So Ben finds himself in a rough patch uh, in the late 2000s, so he moved back to live with his family after. He had just finalized a divorce, his construction business failed, and because of his failed business, he owed almost $50,000 to the IRS. Oh. And to top it off, so it's not just divorce and business problems, um, his brother Paul sadly passed away in 2008 after a stroke, and Ben unfortunately was the one to have found his brother unconscious, um, attempted to revive him, brother was transported to the hospital, um, efforts were not successful. His brother was only 22, which that, is very sad. That's a rough patch right there, if I ever heard one. So with the hard time that he was going through, Ben's parents suggest that he moves to the family home in Florida, uh, because we all have a family home in Florida, and they said that they would support him financially, so they encourage him to like go on a sabbatical of sorts, if you will. So he moves to this house in April of 2010 with his dog, which is like a chocolate lab, um, and his parents and his girlfriend said that the move seemed to be helping him uh, move past the issues that he had been facing. So it seemed to be beneficial of some sorts. So while he's in Florida, Ben spends a lot of time scuba diving, um, which was a hobby of his since he was about 15 or so. Um, again, scuba diving is not a cheap sport. It's very expensive. <laughs> so um, for someone to get certification at like 15 and then just be able to practice in like the family pool, it's a very expensive hobby. So I um I can't even get my head underwater without like my ears like uh like leaking. Yep. <laughs> so like I'm out. Yeah, I um fun fact, I am a certified scuba diver and Oh, yeah. are we doing well? Yeah. Well, it's uh I haven't been diving in I don't know, probably a decade, but um I don't know. I I don't mind the open water, but I don't know if I would go back to it i get really bothered uh so aside from my like ears like not being able to like keep water out of them um the pressure change i like i hate the like when my ears like, like trying pop. to equalize yeah yeah i hate that yeah it's not a fun time so um ben 
uh, prefers, even though he's out in Florida and you've got the Gulf Coast right there, he prefers freshwater dives to saltwater dives. And so he spends a lot of time going to this place called Vortex Spring. And it's a really popular diving area. It's like the largest diving facility in Florida. But it is particularly well known for this like massive cave that's there. It's about 1600 feet. Um, and the entrance of the cave is 58 feet below the surface. The opening is about 9 by 12 feet. Uh, you can kind of see where this is going. And so it does have a troubled history. Anyone that knows anything about cave diving <laughs> understands it is scary as shit. It is, cave diving is one of those things I will never in a million years ever attempt because there's literally nothing worth cave diving for. Treasure. No amount of adrenaline rush or anything. Yeah. There's no treasure. (laughs) Gold. Follow the map. I think, I think cave diving is one of those things that's literally like bragging rights. You know, I, I don't know. I could never understand the appeal. Are there bears in these caves? You know, we only know about 10% of uh, the the world's water, so. So you're I mean, saying. Th- I mean, there could be. Bears. There could be. So uh, 13 divers have died at this cave while exploring um, dur- during the early 1990s. And so the state finally steps in and they're like, look, this is a problem. Um, you guys are going to have to do some shit here or otherwise we're going to shut down your ability to let people dive here. So, um, the local divers obviously don't want that to happen. And so they create this like cave diving certification and you have to have this certification in order to dive in this cave. On top of that, uh, there's also like an underwater gate that's installed at the entrance, um, to the like dangerous part of the cave and the gate can only be unlocked with proof of valid cave diving certification so you have to show them in the dive shop that you've completed this course successfully and a a staff member has to unlock the gate um, and occasionally would like accompany that person with them during their dive especially I think if it's like a solo dive this is very important for later on keep that in mind And at the entrance of the cave, um, I'm sure everyone has seen this sign at least once before. If not, it's a very creepy sign. Um, It's actually the image that we're using for today's cover art. Um, But there's the sign that has like a grim reaper warning on it uh, that pretty much says like a lot of people have died trying to do dives like this. There's literally nothing worth going past this sign for. So... If it's worth the risk to you, go on ahead. If it's for the treasure. Yeah, there's <laughs> or finding the underwater bears. If it's for the treasure, I will do it. Yeah, uh, that's a pretty scary sign to see, especially like like this like the dark murky yeah, exactly. underwater. You see just like a grim reaper, very spooky stuff. Uh, but you know, Ben really liked diving. Uh, he was there at the vortex spring enough to become known to the employees. And, um, you know, it's like a club. It's like you, you just know each other. Uh, and there's an opinion shared by the people who met Ben during his trips and an employee at the time who believed he was knowledgeable about diving and he had the proper equipment, but that he was overly confident 
and he often did his dives alone. So, you know, he couldn't find anyone who would really be like a, like a, um, worthy partner. It's also worth noting, um, Ben did not have the cave certification. <laughs> so also important for later in the story. It's a lot of important details. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you're paying attention. Well, he was working on getting certified as an instructor so he could find a job and that he was researching cave diving with an eye toward getting um, that certification as well. And he, told his, uh, he told his girlfriend, Emily Greer, of plans to eventually start a diving-related business. And so on the weekend of August 14th, he returned to Florida, leaving behind a letter thanking his parents for the sabbatical that they <laughs> let him hang out on and promised to look after them after they grew older, and they never saw him again. What a weird letter to leave. I promise to take care of you as you grow old. I know. Old. I feel like that's... It's like nice to say, I but... I don't know. I mean, the whole story is just so weird that you don't know if it's like a genuine letter that he was writing or if it's like setting up for something else to throw off the tracks. Considering we've watched probably 15 Lifetime movie yeah. network movies, yeah. uh, one on literally in the background <laughs> on mute, um, I would lean towards... It was a stalker ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's why that's why I just have trust issues. It's all these Lifetime movies. <laughs> all right. Let's get into Ben's vanishing. So let's move to August 18th, which is the Wednesday after he returned to the Santa Rosa Beach House. That's his parents' house, I believe, that he was hanging out in. Uh, and he went to the Vortex Spring again, as he was, you know, want to do. And so he had a middle-of-the-day dive, and other divers saw him looking closely at the area around the cave entrance, as if it was later reported he was planning something. After resurfacing, he filled his tanks at the dive shop, uh, and there's even security camera footage uh, of the transaction you know, at the register. Uh, it is not known what he filled those tanks with. I actually didn't know that you could put other things besides oxygen in tanks yeah depending on the kind of dive that you're doing there's um like different mixtures that you can what? yeah it's crazy science it's not just oxygen yeah no science is some shit some like hydrogen or nitrogen or uh helium would be pretty funny <laughs> oh, god that'd be pretty funny <laughs> okay uh and yeah he spent much of the rest of the afternoon by himself alongside the spring uh, witnesses say uh, that he was just testing equipment and making notes in his dive log and as evening came ben began preparing for another dive he called his mother on his cell phone which would be the last contact he had with his family and around 7:30, as the sun began to set he went in for another dive I just have to say, cave diving itself scares me enough. You couldn't pay me to even get in the water at nighttime. Well, you know, I feel like once you're deep enough, it doesn't matter if it's daytime or nighttime, you could well, argue. Well, no, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I just think about like what could be in the water. First of all, it's cave Florida. Bears. <laughs> cave bears. It's Florida. There's some crazy shit in there. Florida man. And... Uh, think about like the different behavior of animals that would be in the water at nighttime. Like frogs and stuff. <laughs> I think there are eels 
in the water. Oh, fun. Like the ones that like go like zap zap. Yeah, maybe. I like to eat eel, uh, the unagi uh-huh. like sushi. Really, it's really tasty. Yeah, that, that, that'll that show them. <laughs> that'll show them. Hey, hey, eels, check this out. <laughs> Rip my mask off, eat some sushi, oh, drown. God. Anyways, so yeah, it's, it's getting dark. Totally agree with the uh, wouldn't do this. I don't know. He has, you know, like lights. That's kind of cool. Uh, he turns his lights on. And he begins to descend into the Vortex Spring diving area. Actually, two divers see Ben as he begin his dive. He has lights on. He had his helmet on. And it seemed that he was heading towards the mouth of the cave, uh, which is where that creepy stop sign is with the Grim Reaper on it. And then he was gone. And no one is known to have seen him since those two divers. Uh, actually... They would normally wait if they saw him diving. They would wait until they saw some um, bubbles come to the surface, meaning he was like coming back up. Mm -hmm. And once they saw those bubbles, they'd leave. But they, I guess, got busy and they left. And no one actually noticed he was missing, um, even though his truck was in the parking lot for like two days, like untouched. Uh, It was a really busy week, I guess. And it wasn't until the second day that they saw his truck still there untouched um, that they did contact the Holmes County Sheriff Department. All right. So police show up. They didn't find Ben's tanks, uh, the wetsuit, any diving equipment. So traditionally, you'd get out of the water. You'd kind of like ungear everything. They didn't find any of that. Uh, They found no signs of a struggle near his truck. His wallet had like hundreds of dollars in cash uh, and his cell phone uh, were both still in his truck completely undisturbed. And they found dive logs and a map that Ben made. So kind of going back to the point of like Ben trying to get a certification and he's uh, exploring, you know, the area a lot. Uh, He's making this map and kind of tracking everywhere that he had been within the, the cave system. This might be a dumb question. Do they, like, draw a map of the caves as they're diving? I would be very um, – I wouldn't be able to figure out which way was up yeah, if no, I'm in a I've, cave in the dark. I would have no idea. I mean, how – well, I guess you would know just based on the equipment um, that you have, based on, you know, the, the uh, like, length of the cave that you've gone. But other than that, I would have no idea. I mean, truly – if you guys haven't seen videos of people cave diving, um, go look it up. It is some scary, scary shit. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this concept of like cave diving, and I'm like, you know, like what's scarier, being really deep, being in the dark? I think the scariest part of cave diving is how cramped it can get. Yeah, and you know, it might be like a 12 inch clearance for like a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. And I I get freaked out when my toes can't wiggle in my shoe. <laughs> I can't imagine being stuck in the dark, surrounded by water. Yeah. I don't think evolution was made for us to, to do things like this. I don't know. I don't know. If anybody is actually a cave diver, send us a message. We'd love to chat with you. 
Yeah, I have a question for you. I have a lot of questions for you. Just why? So, uh, we mentioned before Ben had uh, that very cute dog. Uh, So, back at the parents' house, uh, Ben's dog was hungry, had not been fed for a couple of days. Um, This made me really sad. Yeah. The dog dog was okay. He lived with Ben's parents. Uh, You know, I don't know if the dog is still alive but i do know that the dog didn't die as a result of this incident i think as of like 2013 the dog was still alive well that was like seven years ago (laughs) so um all of these points being made um no equipment all this stuff was still there the conclusion was that ben had drowned during the dive oh i was gonna say this is getting pretty fishy oh my god i can't do this See, this is why I need to drink. It's the jokes, the dad jokes, but I can't drink. I'm preparing. Your dad jokes are getting more daddy. Ooh. <laughs> getting more zaddy. <laughs> you people have ruined the word daddy for me. I just have to say it. You All right. People. So <laughs> word spreads pretty quickly about a missing diver. And here's the thing. Dive communities are like very tight knit communities there's like online forums like think of reddit but like specifically for divers that's how like tight-knit and serious these people are i feel like there's like eight of them (laughs) no there's such a niche hobby it's a huge community and so um word obviously spreads pretty quickly and uh divers looked in every part of the cave and found absolutely no sign of ben They found some equipment, including two tanks of his, that were near the cave entrance, which is very strange because if you are doing, um, you could watch videos of this too if if my explanation doesn't make sense, but if you were doing a longer dive where you had to change your tanks, um, you would typically put those tanks alongside different parts that are on your dive and not at the beginning of the cave because that doesn't necessarily make sense, right? Okay, so as someone who's never been lower in the water than like 12 feet, <laughs> and this water's like super chlorinated, mm-hmm. and there's probably like, yeah, like yeah. a diving yeah. board, it's like a pool. Yeah. Um, you're telling me that people have to bring extra oxygen. Yes. Unhook their, yes. their, their mask thing, and then like basically hold their breath and put on no. more oxygen. No, so here's the thing. When oh. you're diving, you don't hold your breath at all you do not hold your breath you will cause yourself serious harm if you hold your breath underwater Uh, this is horrible but yes they do um change their tanks out but if they but no 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 but if they are taking like the tube and putting on another one how do you keep breathing so you just do a slow exhale oh okay so that they're still like technically yeah okay yeah you can watch videos of this i'm not gonna watch videos of this you can't hold your breath anyways so going back to the original investigation where they didn't know what the tanks were being filled with at the time um the tanks that were found at the beginning of the cave had only air which is another very strange thing because had he actually been researching cave diving like he said he was doing Um, there'd be like a specialized gas mix that he'd be using basically. And it wouldn't just be only air. You know, you gotta have that helium in there. (laughs) All right. So two days pass, still no new sign of Ben. 
and Ed Sorensen, who's this like veteran cave diver recovery specialist, has like hundreds of hours logged uh, on his books, gets involved and comes to Vortex Spring basically the next day after he hears about this. Uh, so he has been described to the Tampa Bay Times as being able to go where others cannot. Uh, and that's important to remember because if you think about all the other people who have already made these efforts to go into the cave and recover a body, um, they couldn't find anything. So you basically bring in like the, oh, I don't know what we want to call him, like the Gordon Ramsay of cave diving. Ooh, I actually like that um, example. <laughs> um, so he makes three dives. He goes 1,700 feet into the cave, which is actually oh a couple couple hundred feet more than Ben um, supposedly had. Used, you know, like smaller tanks so he could increase his range. And he also found absolutely no evidence of anything. There's no body. There's no increased activity by aquatic scavengers, which would suggest that they were like feasting on something that shouldn't be down there. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know those eels I was talking about? Um, and there's also no evidence within the cave itself that Ben had reached those sections or struggled, uh, like markings on the wall, disturbed silt. And again, like when you get to very cramped, narrow areas of a cave and if you start to become disoriented, um, you know, the disturbed silt under you is what makes it so disorienting and, and what makes people start to panic. Um, the more that I think about this, I don't know. I would say a lot of those cave diving videos are not for the faint of heart, but Sorensen, who is a similar size and build to Ben, says that there's no way Ben could have navigated some of the narrow parts of the cave without any of the extensive cave diving training that divers are required to actually go through. And he's uh, quoted as saying, I know what I'm doing and I barely made it through. The last place I searched was pristine without a mark that a diver had been there. It would be impossible to go through that restriction without making a mark on the floor or ceiling. He's not in there. Okay, so I'm I'm on YouTube. I'm not watching a video, but I'm watching like a little like, here's what's in the video thing. And it has that like stop right there sign. Yeah. But the, the crampness yeah. is horrifying. That's, I mean, that's what I mean. I don't understand. Why do people do this? That's what I don't get. I think that diving like shipwrecks is very cool. Um, that also requires, in a lot of cases, like a specialized certification. But, you know, I don't think I would go into a cave ever in my life. The extent of diving experience I have is when I'm playing Sea of Thieves with my yeah. buddies. Yeah, and you and hold your breath. I hold my breath when I'm underwater yeah. just to make it more realistic. And frankly, my pirate character has really poor lung strength. I can yeah. hold my breath way longer than my pirate well, character can. Probably all the booze and like maybe tuberculosis that he had. He has Lyme disease. Uh, so Ben's family then hires a man named Steve Keen, uh, who was actually the one who originally mapped the Vortex Spring in like early 2000s. And so he makes seven dives and finds no new information nothing not a zilch all right so remember how i said that ben's family was pretty well off you did say that i did <laughs> so the family puts up fifty four thousand dollars as like like a make good almost not a make good 
like a like a guarantee um, so that they can use this very specific piece of equipment from the police department. Um, it's like a remotely operated underwater vehicle and they want to use it to try to venture further into the caves than any of the previous human attempts. And it didn't make it farther than the humans had because of some technological issues. But again, found no new information. So here's where things kind of get a little strange. You've got 16 divers who spend 36 straight days looking for the body of Ben or just anything really. And there are no results. Uh, They continue looking for any trace of him and there's still nothing. And so divers start to question if Ben was even there at all. People also start to wonder if maybe Ben staged this disappearance because of the issues he was having. So if he's not in the water, is he in the surrounding area? They send cadaver dogs to search the woods around the spring. And in the event that there was foul play, maybe he ended up there. There's nothing. They get helicopters involved, and they search swamps along the spring's outflow. There are tests done of the water over the following months to test for an increase in the bacteria that would indicate the presence of a decomposing body, and there's nothing. At this point, his parents are still convinced that he's in the cave, but in a part of the cave that no one has yet reached. So they offer $10,000 as a reward for anyone who would be brave enough to go deeper and find him. So they keep raising money as a reward, twice even after other divers who had already searched had raised concerns about untrained divers trying to go into the cave and risking death. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, Yeah, I would say that's also, like, kind of insulting. Like, I risked my life (laughs) to go into the caves to find this and so did everybody else and there's still nothing my pirate character in sea of thieves would totally do this um so at this point the reward has reached thirty thousand dollars and maybe those divers concerns were onto something a diver named larry higginbotham from biloxi mississippi dies in the cavern his body was found the next day after he failed to return from his dive. And there wasn't super clear evidence that Larry was there specifically for the reward, but the divers who found and recovered his body believed him to be there for that reason based on the location and the tools that he had. So the McDaniels rescind their offer the next month after growing criticism. You know, the scary thing about cave diving isn't just someone dying. It's someone dying and the attempt that's made to recover their body. Similarly to, to those who die on like Mount Everest. In a lot of cases, it can be too dangerous to try and bring a body back. And there are cases, like multiple cases, of cave divers trying to go and recover a body. And then that person ends up also passing away Mm -hmm. and so it kind of comes to a point where it's like at what point is this just too dangerous it's like a skeleton party yeah i mean pretty much yeah but i guess the people who die on everest are like 
preserved kind of yeah i mean i think the oh god it like gives me the heebie-jeebies but um they also use the bodies of people who've passed away on mount everest as like trail markers yeah yeah it's kind of weird it is super weird um it's like hey you're almost to the top yeah if you pass by the this guy oh there's a maybe a website maybe it was like a reddit thread that pretty much goes through the backstory of every single Mm -hmm. body um on mount everest or like as many as they can identify yeah i don't know it's like a morbid reality kind of thing i'm not not into it cave diving's too low mountain climbing's (laughs) too high i'm fine right here i'm fine where i'm at yeah i like being a hobbit uh so we're gonna move to 2011 and it seems unlikely that ben has died in the cave so where is he his his family begins considering that he didn't die in a diving accident but that he was murdered and this entire thing was a cover-up another possibility is that ben's body was actually found but by the dive shop staff who would have moved his body and hit it to avoid the consequences of their negligence. And I know that that's like a popular theory. Um, If you go to Reddit and like the unsolved, or I think it's called like unresolved mystery subreddit um, and a bunch of other threads that kind of talk about this, where would they have put the body to avoid the extensive search that was being done? outside of the cave if this were a lifetime movie it would be in a in a chest, chest. freezer a chest <laughs> freezer or um like a, like a rusty lock yeah. uh, wooden crate yeah yeah like nana's uh chest that used to hold blankets now holds you know a body or something i don't know i find that one to almost be a, a little less likely maybe i'm not sure yeah, I've, beats me. Beats me. All right, so the McDaniels kind of come to terms, obviously, with the high possibility that Ben's not actually in the cave. So they hire this private investigator named Lynn Marie Cardi, who um, finds that people that are associated with Vortex Spring actually have criminal records. What? And it's a little suspicious. This is kind of like Tiger King. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, you just peel back the layers and there's so much shit. Like an onion. Yeah, (laughs) ogres. So uh, Lynn states, there's just as much reason to look above the water for Ben's body as there was to look below it in the cave. And Lowell Kelly, who's the owner at the time, was facing criminal charges for allegedly taking a temporary employee into an isolated wooded area to beat him with a baseball bat in an attempt to make him pay thousands of dollars that he owed. Wait, an employee yes. that owed money to him? Yes. Why would an employee owe money to I have no boss? idea. Maybe he, like, stole something or he had a gambling... I have no idea. I didn't find details on that, but also, admittedly, did not look very hard, so... Yeah. That's some frontier that so- justice right there. That sounds like some Tiger King shit. <laughs> so, the man escapes, obviously, because... Uh, didn't die and kelly was charged with assault and kidnapping which doesn't mean anything because he um you know got rid of the charges against him basically by pleading no contest and uh he was fined and sentenced to seven years probation and uh if that's 
Not suspicious enough. Uh, he had an allegedly unfortunate fall down the stairs uh, after a barbecue and hits his head and suffers pretty significant brain damage. This is becoming more and more like a life movie. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying is like there's a lot of really suspicious things taking place outside of just Ben's disappearance. And so the person who discovers Kelly allegedly brings him home. Um, checks on him the next day to find his condition was worse and uh, Kelly's taken to a nearby hospital. Stays in a coma. There's no improvement in his condition. Um, He's transferred to hospice and pretty much dies the following month. What? Yes. And so the county sheriff's office was like pretty suspicious of the story. Like, oh yeah, okay. So he fell and hit his head and had significant brain damage and no one seemed to know. If we're going off a of Lifetime movies, <laughs> um, people who are killed in these movies can hold their breath for five seconds and they're dead. Yeah. They get stabbed with a butter knife once, dead. Yeah. Fall downstairs, game over. Yeah. I mean, in any Lifetime movie, pretty much you see somebody standing at the top of the stairs with their back to the stairs. Uh, you know they're about to die. Yeah. Um, if they're standing in a parking lot, they will be hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of predictability in the movies. Never. Uh, we should just make this a Lifetime movie podcast, actually. Ooh. I think we'd be good at it. Who's that one actress who, who's in like every movie now? Oh, I can't Vivica remember Vivica A. Fox? Yeah. We should get her on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Get her, her POV. Anyway, so the sheriff's office who's investigating Kelly's death is actually the same office that's investigating Ben's disappearance. Hmm. And so Kelly, who was around the day um, that Ben went missing, claims that a man showed up wild-eyed and drunk, asking if it was too late to dive, and then said that there's a possibility that this man was involved, you know, if it's a real story. Hmm. So you can't really, you don't really know. Wild-eyed. Yeah. There's also a story of, like, some drunk teenagers who are on the property who are confronted by a diver um, pretty much being told to leave, and it's claimed that it's possible that they came back for revenge. Which, Wait, like, like, revenge on, hey, you made me leave. Right. Like, that seems kind of strange to me. Like, what? What kind of revenge do you get for being told to leave? Well, what kind of teenagers are these? Why can't you just Adults. go be, why can't you just go be drunk and rowdy somewhere else? Um, all right. So, that's not where things end. It gets a little bit weirder. So there's this documentary called Ben's Vortex that's released in 2012, and it discusses all of the theories around Ben's disappearance. And in the process of creating this documentary, um, there's this woman named Jill Heinerth, who is a certified cave cave diver, starts to um, read Ben's dive logs and like this map that he had made. And so... It's really interesting because at the she said that at the beginning of like all of her research on everything, she believed that there was no way that he was in the cave. Um, and then after doing all this research into the dive logs and the map, she realizes that Ben was incredibly far into the cave and thinks that he may have actually been in the cave after accidentally struggling his way further into the cave after getting stuck. So you're saying he, he was diving, got stuck because i again i just saw this like video of someone cave diving and 
it's extremely cramped. It's like yeah. wall and floor are like inches from each other. Yeah. Uh, so that he did get stuck, and you're saying that he may have just kept going deeper to yeah. get unstuck? Yeah, so the thinking is that he was probably disoriented and was trying to like wiggle his way free, um, but instead of going out the way that he came, he just went further and further into the cave. But again, like the other thing you have to think about is he only had the one tank, right? Theoretically. So how far could he have actually gotten? And then you also think about, um, you know, if you are stuck in in the cave and you're struggling, you're probably going to start to panic and you go through your oxygen a lot faster. So realistically, like how far would he be in the cave that even like the Gordon Ramsay of cave diving and like rescue diving couldn't find him. You know, I'm uh, going to go ahead and say I'd be panicking um, as soon as my like head would under the water. <laughs> I would see that Grim Reaper sign. I'd be like, Mom, can you pick me up? I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom is the one that got me into scuba diving. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting time i have no interest in diving Um, i like being on a boat though yeah i like being on a boat i like fishing i learned that yeah i like fishing yeah look at you i'm like a salty sea dog (laughs) i like being on the water though not in the water yeah um so there's some additional theories aside from what we've kind of already talked about uh, and I think the biggest one that people are thinking is that Ben was kidnapped uh, or, like, taken, you know, after coming out of the water that night. And the thinking is that because none of his dive stuff was recovered, um, but everything else was pretty much there and, and left undisturbed, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like he changed out of his dive stuff. So where did he go? I feel like if an adult is going to be kidnapped should be called man sleep what kidnapped man sleeped oh my god so like if you're stealing an adult oh maybe you call it like (laughs) man man napped adult napped you can write to webster dictionary and let me know what they say look if they put the word irregardless in the dictionary (laughs) i think they lose all credibility it's out the door Oh, who can we trust if not Webster Dictionary? So this theory here of of him being kidnapped, you know what would solve that? Nest cameras? Just cameras. Well, that's the other thing that I don't understand, too. Like, wouldn't they theoretically have other cameras on the property? You would think, but maybe they only have it within the, the dive shop itself. Beats me. So... The question is, what happened to Ben McDaniel? What happened to Ben? Um, I want to give a huge shout out to Wikipedia because that was pretty much the entire basis for today's episode. Um, Usually what we do, if you guys ever look at the show notes, uh, we have like maybe a half a dozen to a dozen links where we pull all of our research from. And Wikipedia was like the most comprehensive um, for including everything. So... Hats off to them for that. Uh, Also, that link will be in the show notes if you want to read a little bit more. uh, Maybe, like, get a little bit deeper into some of these uh, notes. But 
you know, I will say, um, reading some of the sources on that page, the writing was, I don't know, it just felt different. What do you mean? If you're reading like a news source, there's a certain like tone to the writing. But the article I read, it was from TampaBay.com or something. It was Mm -hmm. uh, this old archived page. So it was it was an older one. Uh, Just like the entire tone of it seemed kind of like some dramatic reader is reading it on a Mm. like whodunit documentary. That's kind of how it read for me. That's interesting. So yeah, we'll we'll put those in the the show notes. You could read a little bit more about that. Maybe if you're interested in the topic, go watch Ben's Vortex. Um, I think maybe you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, we are interested in hearing your theories about what you think happened to Ben McDaniel. If um, Ben is still alive and potentially just I don't know faked his own death to escape his past, or if he did actually pass away in the caves. I think the saddest thing about this is that his poor parents have already lost a son, right? You know, he he lost his younger brother. And um, I just hope that his parents have, like, actual closure at some point. I think they've probably been through enough heartache and and pain. Um, So I hope that they do find whatever it is that actually happened to Ben. Yeah, um that's sad yeah the saddest part for me i think is the, is the dog the dog is fine the dog, the uh, you, dog know, you know i'm watching a movie a human dies whatever if dog dies i'm compromised yeah well because dogs are innocent creatures so i think that's it from us today thank you so much for joining us uh don't forget uh send us a note or a comment on social media or booze and confused podcast at gmail.com we want to hear your theories and your thoughts. Maybe there's a piece of information that we didn't get to uh, that you think maybe swings the case one way or the other. Maybe you want to invite me cave diving. <laughs> I'll say no. Yeah. I'll say no, but I will hold your tanks above yeah. water while you're yeah. down. I'll be like the dad that doesn't want to go on roller coasters, so he'll just hold your purse while everybody else goes. I'll hold you guys' hats and cell phones. Yeah, that's my dad, so... Shout out, shout out to my dad. But all right. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you guys next week. New episodes every Monday. Or what? What Like Thursday if there's an insurrection. Yeah. <laughs> in the event of, uh, of uh, an insurrection in the, in the country, uh, we might have a bonus episode pop up. Maybe. Midweek. I might do a bonus episode, solo episode uh, about You're some COVID to. stuff. So You're welcome. Yeah, we'll I'm, see. I'm, yeah, I'm over that. We'll see what the mood is. All right. All right, bye. Bye.